Hello and welcome to the N17 Podcast, my name's Cosmo and tonight I'm joined by Eddie Hello And I'm joined by Glenn Yo um, How are we doing tonight boys? Good, good um, It felt a bit weird, like, uh, to be honest it felt, it felt a bit weird because it'd been a while since we actually watched Spurs uh, Apart from the weekend, so like Oh well, Sunday. because of the Burnley game getting yeah. pulled off yeah. Yeah, 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 and obviously I know we played in, in midweek and stuff But like, prior to that I was just like, oh we're going to get two Spurs games in a row such luck do you know what was so <laughs> nice to me is because uh, as a man that doesn't pay for Sky Sports and BT uh, having the games on Amazon Prime it's oh. like the first time I could like legally <laughs> watch a match <laughs> in so long and it was beautiful it was beautiful was it nice to have like uh, like good decent commentary that was good yeah that Amazon Prime commentary is, is really good yeah, yeah yeah and I like the whole presentation like with the graphics and whatnot. but what was really nice is knowing that I couldn't really get like goals spoiled for me on yeah, WhatsApp. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could get spoiled by people like at a game because like online is just always going to be behind. But the main thing was just like I I would love to like chat with you guys more throughout the game on WhatsApp. <laughs> but if I do, I just see Jed being like, "Oh, great." And then I know we're about to concede a goal. So I, I literally Jed have is to always just... first. I don't know how he does it. He's always first, but I never know what has happened because he'll he'll never say like it could be good or bad. It could be good or bad, yeah. He, he could be like excellent. Just put yeah. excellent in the chat. And, and it could be like some nah. some mad tackle or nah, something. Nah, if he's just excellent, they've we've conceded. Yeah, yeah. Nah, you there's some I, I can I've really understood Jed's tone on WhatsApp. I, says, it still gets me. I don't know what's I, happened. I still don't know because sometimes he switches it up and then the Lucas goal on the weekend. He's like, oh, what a goal. Excellent. I thought, I genuinely, I was behind that time and I thought we conceded. Or, or just wow. We, we, <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, but I'll actually, I'll never forgive you guys for making me think that we took the lead against Arsenal when we lost 3 0. What was it? 3 1? 3 1 or 3 0? I don't remember. Because um, I, I was at my. I was at my uh, um, my birthday brunch within a, a bottomless brunch. Glenn was there, and I was in the to- I was in the toilet, and I thought that um, we'd scored because Jed was like, "This is great," or something. Like that. <laughs> and I was like, and I came out, and as I came out of the toilet, people had like brought the cake out for me and were like telling me to like do a speech and stuff. And I was obviously completely pissed because it was a bottomless brunch, and I was like, first of all, I just want to say it's great to take the lead against Arsenal, and like. <laughs> there was like Arsenal fans there they're like huh what <laughs> like, and, and then someone brought the stream up and it was still nil nil and oh, I was like no. oh god we haven't actually got ahead have we and then like they just kept the stream on and we just oh. obviously we all know what happened but honestly I, I think about that moment quite a lot and just die inside it's so I'm just almost it's, sad it's, that this is going out to, to how, how many people that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that they all know that that, that happened that's fair you're burying your soul yeah exactly exactly being vulnerable with you guys um but yeah i think where we were gonna start was with the norwich game but um i feel like i want to keep it newsy with this covid outbreak and this is obviously it's gonna affect a lot going forward we don't know which games exactly it's gonna affect or how much yeah so what we know right now is that six players and two coaches have it the players are heel romero son lucas royale and davis 
That's a um, rumour though, isn't it? It's, it's rumoured. Not rumoured. It's, 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 it's very, very strongly rumoured that it's them players, which almost definitely means that it is them players. Yeah. And also, but we did have a rumour with Son earlier in the season. Yeah. So. But, he, but, but that, that was because it was a false neg, neg, uh, positive. I, I, this mm. can also be the same. So yeah. the, these are just lateral flows that they've taken, mm-hmm. um, and they've come back positive. They get PCRs, which we get the results back tomorrow at two PM. So yeah, that, that's 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 when we'll actually find out how much it's going to affect our game because we could have more um, more results back from other players then as well. Yeah, because I mean, because if they've tested eight... positive, every every single player who's been in contact with them has to take a PCR test. Mm. So now we could find out that more players actually have. But well, that's tomorrow. the thing: if yeah. eight staff have it, <clears throat> yeah. Like, say you were at your office or whatever, and yeah. eight people had COVID, you'd be like, yeah, it's coming for me. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely got it. I've definitely so, got it. So, yeah. it could get worse than this. As it stands, could I think... Better. Could get better, yeah. These could be false positives. But uh-huh. as it stands, I would like the Brighton game to be called off, I think. I know it could cause a fixture pile-up because Burnley got postponed as well. But I just don't see how we can play without Son and Lucas, who are so crucial to the way we go forward. And then... He'll would come in for one of them. Also, you Davies as well. Yeah, these, these Davies. Royale as we, well. Yeah, we can prove that these are first team players. Yeah, we can prove to the Premier League that in in Conte's first three or two Premier League games, these are the play. Or sorry, the first three. These are the players that have started, and three or four of them are on that list. So I think we have a reasonably compelling case to the Premier League that we can get this game like postponed. Yeah, maybe not so much Europa because they do it a weird way. I think it's they say as long as you have thirteen players, you can go. Oh, you can, you can have like a you can have no suspension. That game can go ahead. Yeah, pretty much. It's weird the way they do it in Europa, but I, I kind of I think we were going to move on to the fact that we kind of actually we want the Europa game to go ahead, and we kind of want a depleted squad because yeah, we're fed up in this competition now, and it will give Conte some time to train the players if. And also, it would give the the team some time to fit these rescheduled games in. If, True. If we, if we get knocked out of this of this competition. True. Yeah, that's. The, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, because if we're out of the conference, then there's gonna all of a sudden there's gonna be loads of midweeks later in the season where we could just play these games. Yeah. And I also couldn't care less. Like it, it's mm. not even it's not even humiliating. I, it's humiliate it's humiliating to remain in the competition. Because, yeah. Because as you said off air, like. That the the reward is so slight, it's just not worth like the injuries you can get, COVID, which which can ram- rampage through your squad, traveling like it just just does not the 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 cost is not like it's not equal to yeah. the like the reward. Yeah. I think if we had a settled manager, then I wouldn't have minded as much being in the competition. But the fact that Conte's come in and not had a preseason, I feel like being in it's just such a hindrance. And also. I think in previous seasons, the last like three or four seasons, I'd have said go go hell for leather for this competition. We need to win a trophy. Like this, this is a trophy that we're more than capable of winning. But the longer this competition has gone on, the more I feel resentment towards it. I'm just like we don't even play that well in this competition. It's the demoralising. The players don't. Yeah, it's yeah, demoralising. The, play, yeah. the players who play in this competition know their second string players. The players don't get up for the games. We lose games against like fucking farmers from Slovakia or whatever. It's it's just shit competition. I'm I'm so fed up of 
the players not turning up in the competition that I'm just I just want to be out already. It definitely is demoralizing because even <clears throat> though it's not like the the first team playing, it still leaves you with questions that like you go into that next oh, yeah. game like against yeah. who, whoever it was like Leeds or something. You're like, oh, like can these players actually yeah. win this game? Even though they haven't, a lot of them didn't play in that game. It's just it creates a bad atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And you, you're excited for players that like, start in Europa game because you think oh this is your chance to like like make a name like make make a case for yourself to be in that in that that first string like uh, and and i say that thinking about players like seth like bergvine like lacelso ali, ali just, just players that are not going to get a, a better chance than this and like i remember when we got into the competition and we said the you know the 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 kind of shining light of the competition is that like players who would otherwise not get game time could potentially get game time, but it's been pathetic. It's genuinely been pathetic at how not up for it and and how much they. Dis- I don't think that they 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 feel like. I'm not sure whether it's a case that they don't feel like performances in this competition will get them into the first team. I genuinely think it's more of a case that they feel like they're better than that competition. I think. But so. Like, yeah. where else are you going to play? Because mm-hmm. yeah. because realistically, if we want to win a if we want to win a cup and it's not going to be the Premier League. It's going to be the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup. We're not going to waste our, our, our uh, you know, our t- uh, um, positions um, and places in the squad on players who have shown nothing. So where else are they going to get their chances? And they haven't take them, taken them in, in the Conference League. I, I kind of understand, like, the unconscious, like, bias against the competition, like, for the players being like, oh, I'm above this. I don't want to yeah. play in it. But... When you've got a new manager in Antonio Conte who has given everyone a fresh clean slate, yeah, how can you put up that like performance against Murrow? Like, yeah, that was it's terrible. Just, you know, like, yeah, it, it was it was so weird to see that players like Ali and even in Dombele to to some extent and other other players like Sessegnon who had a, a bad game but I think was overexcited rather than not up for the game. Mm-hmm. I think. The fact that the way they played and the way they didn't put their stamp on the positions that they played in, I think it says a lot about them rather than rather than the competition because that that was their chance to sort of say, look, you need to give me at least a chance in the Premier League because this is what I can do in this this competition. I've stood out amongst all these players. I want a chance in the Premier League, and they just haven't done it. Like they they haven't they haven't even given them the opportunity to play them in the Premier League. Because they don't deserve it. Yeah. Although, to kind of like counter that point a little bit, like someone who was awful against Mora, Matt Doherty, he was actually okay off the bench. Because um, I was watching the highlights uh, like before you guys came around and I, I noticed that it was only 1-0 when he came on. Yeah. And he was actually like quite involved for um, not the attacks that led to the goals, but obviously the second goal was from a corner and stuff. Like in the lead up yeah. to that corner and stuff, he was quite involved. He did, so. he did that outside of the foot pass to Kane, Kane. Yeah. yeah, and then Kane won won the corner from a from a pretty good shot, and then and then obviously we scored the corner. But he did really play well. He, I've not been the biggest fan of Doherty in the past. Me and, neither. Yeah, I, I really haven't. And he he, I think he he looked com- he looked way more comfortable than he has done in the past because he's a wing back. But he, he has play, he's played as a wing back for other for other managers in the past, and I think he looked way more comfortable in the role that he was playing as a wing back on the week on the weekend at, um, against Norwich. Because we were high, we were, yeah. we were playing really high up the pitch at the when he came up when he came on, and I think that definitely suits him. I think 
um, if we were to bring up Nuno one more time, when he was playing on the Nuno in the Wolves side, that he was regularly getting into the box. Like, yeah, he was the he was he was giving support to the striker when the other fullback was was putting crosses in, and he was scoring lots of goals by being a presence in the box. You can only be there if you're high up. Your starting position is way into the opposition half, which is where he was for the majority of the time that he came on the pitch. I also think it was a bit of a night and day performance in the sense of like Tanganga is not a wing back. So yeah. he doesn't look comfortable when we're high up the pitch. And I don't think he looks awful, but he doesn't have ideas on the ball. Um, like maybe someone like Doherty can, or like some, it doesn't come to him as like a second nature in that position that it would do to Doherty to maybe make that run from out to, to in or, or get in behind the, the fullback and, and, and the centre back, or maybe get into the box when, when the left wing back is high up the pitch. So, um, he's one player that played awful in Europa and showed a bit more promise in Premier League. The other one who definitely was like a night and day performance is Sanchez. He was horrendous in in Europa League. Bambi, like he was giving me like those, those flashbacks where he was like Bambi on ice when he came, uh, when he first was was in the Spurs side where he didn't look comfortable. He was like always slipping and uh, you, you know, you, you're given this detail around like, the players that we're playing against. Specifically, the player, that, I can't remember his name, from Mora. Don't show him on his left side. He's, the only good quality he has is a, is a, a left peg. This, this guy, Sanchez, you know, squares up and then, and then lets falls him go over, inside, yeah. falls over, and then they score. And then, and then he's out for, for, the, for, the, for the winner. And, um, but on the weekend, he was superb. Uh, and yeah, yeah. end got, got the second goal that made it comfortable for us and uh, another one who was very like that was Sessignon as well um, yeah to, I mean to be fair he didn't blow me away like so, I think some of you guys in the chat were quite <clears throat> impressed with his performance I thought he was okay but I suppose that's all he needs to be when he's just coming back into the team yeah he looks a lot more comfortable on the pitch I think and I think I think as well similar to Sanchez I think Sessignon was really excited to get his chance um, against Mora, and I think he was just a bit overzealous with the way he played. I think yeah. he really wanted to press high. I think he really wanted to like show. He was one of the only players that really wanted to show Antonio Conte, "Look, I can do what you want. This is the this is the high press that I can give you. This is the intensity that I can give you." But he just he just took it too far. I think Sanchez similarly really wanted to show Antonio Conte that he, he could like really get in them positions. He could really stop attacks. He could, and he just went too far and then sort of slipped twice. And I think it was a, a, a big show of him just being too, too, oh, I really need to do this. Oh, I really need to put a big tackle in. And I think also he looks a lot more comfortable on the right-hand side of the, of a, of his, on a centre-back yeah. because he, he shows people outside <laughs> on, on yeah. onto his favoured right foot where he always slides. When he's when he's showing someone inside onto the left onto their left foot, as you said, so uncomfortable. it's it, it that's more comfortable for him showing them onto his right foot where he slides in. But they're, but, they're, but, but, but inverted wingers, inverted wingers exactly. will cut him onto their left, and they will and they will rip you apart, even if they're not that good. Yeah, that's the thing. Like everyone was really slagging <laughs> off Sanchez, and like I don't know if you stood up for him, you get really crucified. But yeah. he shouldn't have been on the left of the back no, three, and he, never. he. I think we said it uh, on the last pod that he's actually apart from that Mura game, which was um, after the last pod that we did, he's been really good. Like he didn't really deserve to be dropped for Romero, just because Romero is so good. Like we had to put him in, but 
Like he's actually been quite good this season, so hopefully on the right side of that defense, uh, he'll be good. It will be interesting without Romero to see how this defense fares against better teams because I also think in that Norwich game, just in general, like we see did a lot of possession and they did have some decent chances, mm. but it's it's again it's early days and I think with every game we get like a little bit better, a little bit better. Um, a player that I want to talk about though, and I want to pose the question: Is Lucas Moura good? Oh. Because, because that goal. You go first. No, you go. Because, yeah, yeah. You because, go first. Because that goal, it was was insane. Like I stood up out of my sofa. I was like screaming. That that is the definition of a screamer. And um, I was listening to the Guardian Football Weekly pod uh, today a bit earlier, and Barney Rone he like put it into perspective. He wasn't like exactly heaping praise on Lucas Mora, but he said one thing, which in a way is quite obvious. This guy was tipped to be one of the best players in the world. Like yeah, we, really we forget was. that yeah. before he went to PSG, he was kind of talked about in the same sort of breath, breath as, as Neymar and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, um, I, I'm not saying that he's anywhere near that level. I still think he's too. Even though I like him a lot, I still think he's too inconsistent. But Conte clearly likes him a lot. Mm-hmm. He presses high for Conte. He's gonna like that. He's got bundles of energy. And it's not just that Conte likes him. It's that basically every manager we've had since him. Pochettino likes him a lot. So, yeah, I don't know. Do you think he can get even better, maybe? I think if if you... There's, there's two things I want to say on Lucas. If you... That goal... If you show me that goal by Ronaldo, that exact goal by Ronaldo, you still say that is unbelievable. I didn't even know that Ronaldo could still, like, could still do that. That's how good the goal was. Mm-hmm. The, the, saying that someone that good... Like you'd be shocked at seeing that goal by them. Like that goal was unbelievable. I do think that he needs to score more, and he needs to be more involved with goals. And I, and he's said that in a lot of interviews that he wants to be more involved in goals. But there was a, there was a stat that I heard from uh, Ali Gold to that uh, either today or yesterday on his um, kind of podcast uh, YouTube video thing that he does. Um, in I think it was the Brentford game where he got absolutely slated for losing possession. He had a fifty percent pass completion rate. That means he was passing the ball to a, a, a an a away shirt, player, a Brentford yeah. player, half, half the time. But on the weekend against uh, Norwich, he had an eighty three percent pass completion rate, which is completely night and day. And I think it it could be shown <clears> that Conte is sort of like saying to him, "Look, you need to keep the ball more. You need to give it to." Our, our players more simply than than you than your flicks that you were doing against Brentford, and I think we could really see an evolution of of Lucas that scores more goals, is more consistent, is passing the ball to a Spurs shirt more under Conte because he sort of tweaks little things about players' games and just it completely clicks sometimes. And you yeah. see, and you saw it, you've seen it at every single team that Conte has been at that he he takes these players and just makes little tweaks to their games. And just evolves them as players. And I really think that we could see an unbelievable Lucas. Maybe next season we'll see a completely different Lucas. But I think game by game we'll see Lucas evolve, I think. I think I, he could really be a star player in the Premier League. I think he looked best under Mourinho uh, as that, <coughs> or, and somewhat under Nino as that chaos tent. I just don't I like agree. him. I, I don't like yeah. him in that position though, because there's no, there's like, there's no real kind of. Uh, like our team loses structure when he's in that position um, because there's no connectivity between the midfield 
and the uh, and the, the the front players besides if Lucas picks up the ball in the midfield area and then drives, which is just not not good. Like the ball can travel faster than any player with the ball at his feet. Although I would say he is such a good dribbler. Oh yeah, just, but yeah. he's a head down dribbler. This yeah. is the thing, and yeah. and and I think the with 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 the with the formation that we're playing now, um, I think that. When you see us out of possession, yes, we we seed possession, but that three it stays like it stays the the the, the deepest that it drops is the halfway line, and I think the closer that the, that Lucas is to the goal is going to be better for him going for like going forward, especially because, on the break because he's so quick exactly and, he, and, he knocks and, it's, and it's the legs. acceleration. Yeah. If he's far away from the goal, he'll get there, yeah. but but by that time you're you're out of puff. Your decision making, like the quality of the 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 fight, like the final ball, the final the end the end product, is not going to be there because you've sprinted ninety yards. Mm-hmm. And so I think if you're closer to the goal with his acceleration, he's he can cause a lot more problems. He can win penalties. He can win free kicks. He can, you know, he he can do those things. And if he's higher up the pitch, then I think it's going to be beneficial to his game and also beneficial to Spurs. I think. I think. Like you said, every manager since Poch has really liked him. There's obviously the quality that, like, qualities there that all the managers have identified as as good qualities. But the problem is, is his output. It's not good enough. Mm-hmm. It's not good enough for um, to to hold down a starting a starting position. And I know we've fallen away since the the Champions League final, but it's not good enough to hold a starting position in 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 a Spurs team in a, in a starting eleven. He has to put in more more goals, more assists. I think he's I think he's got like eighteen goals and twelve assists in all his appearances. That's nuts. That's so bad. That, Even that seems yeah. like too much. That, that, no, but that, that's that's, a, that's the sort of numbers that Son and Kane have put up in one year. Yeah, if you think about it. And Lucas has been here for how long? Yeah, like, he's been he's been he's been at Spurs five six years. Yeah, probably. yeah, he has, yeah, and. And the fact that he's putting up like Kane and Son's one year goal rate is, and assist rate is pretty shocking. I just don't understand how <coughs> you can score like a hat trick against Ajax, who were like one of the best teams in yeah. the world that year, and also scored two against uh, United that year. Um, and like that goal that he scored against Norwich, like how can you have those those flickers of talent, like those moments of talent, and then just not be able to recreate why is it so random I don't understand how a player it, it, it's it's wild to me most professional players are not that erratic I can't think yeah. of a, a I don't parallel. think anyone like him in, in a good and a bad way like maybe someone like Origi Adama Traore that's probably a good yeah, one I yeah. think Adama Traore is probably the closest but Adama never actually produces I feel, no, I feel like the, a, the wild a, thing yeah. about Lucas is that sometimes he will produce and he'll be perfect Yeah, for like yeah, for uh, ninety minutes. Yeah, like I does. also think the thing with Adama is is that he, <coughs> pardon me, he consistently brings like the the physical, the, like exactly. He will consistently bring that the 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 team up the pitch. He can do that. Like whether or not the end product is there or not, like we can we can say it hasn't been. Is he play, but, is he playing for Wolves at the moment? I don't think he's really um, because of injuries. He's oh, back in the team, I see. I see. but he was actually he's again he's looking good. Like on match the yeah, day, yeah. he looks good, but. It's always him nearly scoring a one goal. Exactly, not yeah. scoring exactly. It. And I think with with Lucas, I don't see that as much in terms of like he's he's not really doing what Adama does 
And also, he's not. You, he's, don't really he's him, you don't really see him get in positions like that, though. I can't remember the last time in my head where I saw Lucas get in a really good fin- finishing position. He's far away from the goal. That's yeah. why. Uh, finish, fi- finishing position and 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 spooning a chance. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I don't remember seeing him like missing really. That's good, why I really think he's different with Arnold. Yeah. That's why I said someone like Origi because Origi will <laughs> deliver, but it will just be like only as a sub once Literally, every year or something. His his stats as a sub are a joke. But Lucas said at the start, you remember Poch would only use him as a sub yeah. and people would be like, he's way better off the bench. People always used to oh, say yeah, that yeah. I, I used to think that. I, I think well. he's way fitter now than he was under under, under Poch. I think, it, I think he's... One of like, our fittest players yeah, now, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, someone else who really caught the eye, uh, Skip. Um, yeah, it's man of the match in both of the games. Um Would you say that the, the Norwich game is that like a turning point for Skip? Do you think this is where he's kind of announced himself as the real deal I think to the fans yeah and I think to the Premier League yeah but I think it's a championship yeah, it, it, uh, it, if, yeah if, if you've if you've watched him enough before you know that Skip is capable of these things I think if you're if you're sort of like a a really detailed fan and you always watch like certain players um play like specifically even when they're not on the ball you might have seen that Skip was capable of things like this but to to the sort of your average average Spurs fan and to the Premier League fans that watch match a day etc. I think he's completely announced himself announced himself on this stage and I think even probably in my eyes worth an England call up. That I think I think it, yeah. I would go that I would go that far as to say in in this team that he's playing we play five at the back very much like England we have very very advanced fullbacks I think that playing in a two midfield which England do, I think he's he's kind of he's kind of a no brainer for a call up in my eyes. I don't want him to go up yet. I still think it's too early for his development. I don't want that <coughs> that pressure on him. But I felt like that about Kane and yeah. Kane, you know, took yeah. like a duck to water with with England. So I mean, if you think players like Bellingham are being called up at 17, 18, yeah. and and yeah. I think I think the these these England players now, not all, but a lot of these young England players. They have that mentality that they're they're able to make that step up. I'm not saying that they're going to be like they're going to be perfect. They're going to cement their their place in the team straight away. But I don't think I don't think like even the players of like five years ago. I don't think like the step up is as as drastic anymore because mm. I think the the gap in quality is is slowly be like because we're developing England players are now being developed. Yeah, it, with more culture. Yeah. yeah, well, he was part of that um, really successful youth. Yeah, which Gareth which, which right. Gar- Southgate was also like a part of. He was also involved in the under twenty one squad, and I think that under twenty one's football is completely different to what it used to be. Oh, hundred percent. Like the the level of the level of quality in under twenty one's football now is unbelievable, and there's there's teams like Netherlands, Brazil, Spain. Spain Every single time that Skip's played in the under twenty ones against these teams, players have come off the pitch and said, "Who who is this?" Oh uh, yeah, that Dutch, who, yeah, the, the, the Dutch, Dutch one, team, and, yeah. and there was one one against Spain as well, and against Brazil when they played them. They said, "Who who's this Oliver Skip guy?" We we didn't know about him before this game, but he completely ran the game. Do you know what what I think about Skip, and I think it's why fans have taken so long to like warm to him as well. It's it, it sounds harsh, but it is kind of the way he looks like. It's like in money. Basic. It's Work like of, it's like Work in Moneyball. Yeah, it's like in Moneyball. Chris like, Pratt character. 
I, I, I'm not sure. Maybe, but yeah, like, yeah. all, there's all these like uh, these players with like an awkward gait. Defe- they're not that good looking yeah. or whatever. And the fact that you're saying that um, opposition teams have been saying, "Well, I didn't know who this guy was," when he's clearly a really good player. To me, it just suggests that like they just look at him and they're like. Uh, that guy doesn't look like he'd be good. He doesn't look like he'd be good at football. That's yeah. basically like and, and also, what it comes down to. And also, he doesn't. He doesn't do things that you see a lot of young players doing nowadays. Like, say for example, your James Madison, your Todd Cantwells, your Ben Chilwells, etc., etc. They're really active on social media. They're they're very, very sort of like into their fashion. They're very out there um, to to the media and stuff. But Skip's just a very humble person sort of very very easy in interviews says all the right things works really hard behind the scenes is quite quiet and and you just see him on a pitch and he just explodes and has complete personality on the pitch yeah sort of like a james milner regen yeah yeah more more yeah well when james when james, james milner, milner was, a, yeah when yeah. he was young he was a he was a massive one well, like wonder kid prospect i would i would liken i would liken skip's kind of like demeanor and style on the pitch a lot more to like when Carrick was at Spurs, I agree. In, yeah. in, in the sense that, like in that position, Carrick wasn't like flashy. Yeah, control, but, completely control the game. But, but in in the in this in but when he's on the ball, I when when Skip is on the ball, I'm never like panicking now. Yeah. In the sense that, like I in my head, I think Skip is going to make the right decision, even if it's not an exciting one, because yeah. I think he he understands his responsibility in the team, and uh, it's just really funny because. Obviously, on this podcast, I've been so like two years ago. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. "Why are we bringing on Oliver Skip? Why are we bringing on yeah. Oliver Skip when we're two 0 down?" And obviously, like, I- I- I'm not going to take that back. We shouldn't be bringing on Oliver Skip when we were losing, but we can see now like the benefits to like the development of his career, like blood in him, getting him into the first team, and then him being able to train with the first team, and then being able to to like show his quality, what he's good at. And on the weekend, obviously, now we've seen, like, hundreds of, like, gifs of him, like, slide tackling and passing it in the same movement. And he's... But he's doing that every game now. Yeah. yeah. And, and He was doing it at the start of the season. Exactly. People, people weren't paying attention <coughs> because the, they were just a bit like, oh, still a bit unsure about whether he could do it consistently. And I think also what what has happened this year that we've sort of seen a bit of an evolution of him is he's completely bulked out. Yeah, in yeah, challenges, yeah. I think he's going to win 100% of his challenges. Whereas at the start of the season against City, you sort of got, even even that early on, so it's, it's been, what, only like four months since since the City game. But I think that he's really, really bulked out. And I think that going into challenges against this like the City players, he was sort of like getting muscled off the ball a little bit. But now you just completely, like, see him winning every, every single 50-50 that he goes into. Yeah, and I, I think the perception of him is changing so quickly because, like, even two weeks ago, I was so scared to bring my take to the table that he was like reminding me of like Jorginho, like that sort of player. And I and I do think, uh, I saw Charlie Eccleshare from the Athletic did an article saying that he could be a more creative player for Spurs. Um, I think he can. I would still. I, 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 do, I don't think there. he is. A, I still don't think he's a hatchet <laughs> man. But I do think we could, going forward, make him a bit more of a CDM and maybe phase Hoiberg out and bring someone else in oh, alongside wow. him. I'm not sure. Saw. Saw. Yeah. I mean, I think, obviously, I still think next season is too soon for uh, for Saar. We'll see. I mean, he was injured for a bit this season. 
Um, so he's just got back into the side. Um, but I think um, I think Skip has. Uh, I think I think he's he's improved because we haven't we have we've we've evolved him from that hatchet man that he was mm. at the beginning of the season. He was very much seen as the anchor, like the deepest line midfielder in our midfield. And Hoybjerg was, and and we were like, oh yeah, Hoybjerg finally has a chance to play the, a similar role to the way he does for Denmark and what he was what he was doing for Southampton because Southampton he wasn't the deepest line midfielder in that midfield. It was always oh, Romeo. Yeah. Uh, and and they'll have Hoiberg and they'll have Ward Prowse and um, in in Denmark it's the same. He's not the heart, the 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 deepest line midfielder. And so when Skip came in, when we were like, okay, I think Skip can come into this first team. We're like, what position is he going to play? We'll pro- we'll play him in the anchor role, like the deepest mid- midfield role. And I think he's improved. He's improved in that role even from the beginning of the season up until now. But I think even like halfway through the game where we. We started slowly, of course, and like we'll probably get into the fact that, like again, even against a team that have been as poor as Norwich this season, we conceded a lot of possession and chances, and chances early on. But I think the game turned definitely when Skip um, picked up the ball in midfield, and then instead of passing, he just drove, drove right up to the edge of the box, yeah. and and you know the the shot was on target. It wasn't anything special, but like that's something that we haven't seen from him. And you can see that maybe okay, maybe that's not going to be a permanent fixture of his game, but it is another bow yeah, to his. You completely, to, yeah. you completely you know breeze, I mean? breeze uh, Billy Gilmore off the ball. Exactly. In in the first ten, maybe fifteen minutes, I think Gilmore for them, who's who's an excellent player by the way, I think he's really good. He completely controlled the game for them, and I think Conte adjusted something a little bit so that Skip or Hoiber was always sort of like pressing him or harassing him or even Harry Kane from behind. So that he didn't have the time on the ball to sort of do whatever he wanted to do and control the game. And as soon as that happened, Skip, you could see the transformation of Skip starting to be the person who was almost controlling the game. He he was the one who was playing the the forward balls, and he was the one who was looking out wide. He was the one who was sort of starting attacks for us. And as soon as Gilmore um, was sort of nullified a little bit, we looked pretty comfortable. Yeah. I was so happy to see Skip do that pass into I think it was was it Kane yeah. the one where he like yeah. curled it in and I was like <coughs> you're it. actually the real deal like you can actually you've got you, vision you're not just someone that's like Winks and Tom Carroll where I don't think they ever did that they weren't confident enough to do that he can actually do it yeah um, and yeah and then um, and then yeah. Conte's comments at the end were like really nice where he was like yeah I can actually mould this guy into a really good player as long as he keeps working hard which I think he has the right attitude so that's really nice basically yeah and I think it builds on um, and we'll go on to Brentford I think it builds on his performance at Brentford which Mm. was again superb and in the same mould in the sense that like he he just looked completely comfortable in in, on this stage on a Premier League stage you know I think it's going to be a hard like it's going to be the 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 biggest stage that he's going to be on this season is going to be in the Premier League playing week in, week out. And I think it's genuinely special that a player of his age who went on loan last season to the Championship has started this this season and he's kept his position. Because we do have Ndombele, we do have Lo Celso, we, you know, we, ha- we, we have we have winks we have we have options in that position i'm not saying that they 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 better than him we have ali we we're not saying i'm not saying that 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 you know that like they're necessarily like better than him 
what I'm saying is um, that he cemented his position above those players. They haven't. They've not even been able to be like, "Oh, come on, boss!" Like he's just come in this season. Like you know, I I'm a fifty million pound player. I've, I I was playing under. He's cemented his position, and I think if anyone was to come out of the team for one of them, it wouldn't be him. It would be Hoybier. Mm. What do we think of Hoybier? Because I still see him basically split an opinion on Twitter. A lot of people saying all he does is point and shout. Um, but then I saw like some statistics saying he made like the most forward passes in that game, and uh, okay, he was actually quite progressive. So yeah, I, I do. I do still think that Hoybier ha- has a place in the team, like ma- massively, massively, and. It- and I don't think that any any player that has played otherwise when Hoybier isn't has even put in a claim to say that they they deserve that position. Yeah. Whether we go and look elsewhere for a player um, to play with Skip um, uh, other than Hoybier, I don't know. But I, th- I think there's much more pressing uh, positions in our squad that we need to look for. And I think Hoybier, with the emergence of Skip. I think he's sort of like taken a bit of flack because he hasn't stood out as much as Skip. Mm. Skip's been unbelievable the last two weeks. He's been man of the match performances above Son, above Sanchez, above Davies, above Dyer, who who've all had pretty good games having clean sheets against. I, I know they're not maybe not the best teams in the league, but against two very decent outfits in Brentford and and Norwich under their new manager. I think when we score three goals and we get a clean sheet or when we score two goals and get a clean sheet and Skip gets both man of the matches, I think there's something to say there. And Hoybier's just sort of maybe taken a bit of a backseat on the limelight because Skip's played so well. I think um, the the stat of him starting every game um, since he's uh, joined <coughs> Spurs is like, it, it gives like a false narrative in, in the sense that like, oh, he's like undroppable or oh, he's, like, essential to our team. It's just the fact that, like, in that position, you can pair him with with any other of our midfielders. Very moldable player. Exactly. He's a very, very moldable player. He, he can play with a CDM or he can play with a cam, like, in a two. Sorry, exactly. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's, that's exactly yeah. the point that I'm making. It's just, it's, the, the point is that because we didn't have Skip last season, he had to play every game because we had no other kind of defensive-minded midfielder that could do his job. Now that we have Skip... He's in there because it just gives us a bit more stability, or you know he can actually be the progressive player in in that too with with him and Skip. So I think you know like I I think Skip uh, Hoybier will continue to have his spot in the side. I think he only loses his spot in the side if we get a better player, not if yeah. I I don't think even if Ndombele gets up to scratch or Lacelso has a good game that he, they take his spot. I think then we change the the way we play. Potentially we play. It, a a three five two rather than a three four three, uh, uh, rather than a three four three. Yeah. I don't think that skip a Hoybier loses his his spot in the team. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I'm gonna come to some questions because uh, we I forgot to. Well, it's not that we forgot to answer them. So they did they didn't come through in time when we last recorded because we recorded quite early. Um, so the first one is from Louis, and uh, I think it's a potential quite a, it's a potential springboard for quite an interesting. Conversation. Kane's estimated Premier League goal tally. Ten. 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 The chip that he missed on the weekend was shocking. He scores that every other season. He scores that for England this season. Yeah, yeah. He He scores that in the Europa League. He has 
Well, Conte has been praising him after every game, but I, I, I see that as more of a, I want to keep him in January. I don't want to keep him, like, I don't want him to be unhappy under me. I don't want to rip him before, before a transfer window sort of thing, because I think that Conte really does want Kane in the team. And if we lose him, it'll be a bigger loss than, say, another, like any, any other player in the team, I think, for the way Conte plays. Mm. But I still don't see... Kane getting up to form anytime soon because we have this fixture schedule which is ridiculous. Conte doesn't really get to train the players that much, probably like twice a week, if that. Kane really needs to find some form soon if he's going to get anything more than 10 goals this year. He's got one goal in the Premier League. Yeah. I actually, you think he's ridiculous. meant to kick on after that goal? <coughs> when you break yeah. a duck, mm. you just kick on and that hasn't been the case. I actually think that even though he's dropped like stinkers in terms of like finishes in the last three games I've actually been steadily more and more impressed with him I do think he's about to turn that corner yeah um in terms of estimating the goal tally this is kind of fence in, but I'm not sure but I think it's about to turn for him personally because I think against Norwich like with that chip the way I see it is at least he's getting into those positions again like what I when I hate on Kane and, so he's on the halfway line. And like, yeah, regular <laughs> listeners will, will know that this has happened a lot. <laughs> like, it doesn't take me, it doesn't take much for me to turn on Kane, but like, I mean, the transfer request was just the final straw, but I hate it when he looks plodding, when he yeah. looks like he's got concrete in his boots and like he basically can't control the football. And I'm like, I hate that version of Harry Kane so much, but I didn't see that against Norwich. I no. saw someone who was light on their feet, Touch was looking good, so and and he's getting into the positions to score. And Glenn, I know you're an FPL yeah, fan, you know. Not, I was the, I was the best. Say, pred- he's the in best, my team. He's in my team. Yeah, same actually. Yeah. But the best predictor of someone who's going to start scoring is if they're taking shots in the box, if yeah. their XG is going up, touches in the box, touches in the box. Et cetera, yeah, et cetera, it's et all going up. So it's, it's all going up massively. The one reason I kind of worry for his goal tally is because coming up, our fixtures turn a little bit. Mm. And with with us playing Brentford, then Norwich, then, well, we should have played Burnley as well, and then playing Brighton, who all concede a re, re, like quite a lot of goals. Then we played Leicester. Didn't, he didn't capitalise yeah. on playing them teams. Leicester still concede quite a few goals, and Harry Kane obviously scores always scores against, against yeah. Leicester. But then we play Liverpool. And then I can't remember who it is after. Who he that. never ever does. Well <laughs> exactly, well. and then and then we play West Ham in the cup, and it's all sort of games where you don't really see him being as effective as against these teams that we he could have played and probably should have scored more recently. And it and it sort of elongates that goal drought, and then it becomes a confidence thing more mm. than a more than. A I think it's thing. a confidence thing right now. Uh, some people are saying it's because <coughs> he wants to leave. I. I no, think no, no, he no, no. knows he knows he's not getting that move now. Yeah. So now for me I think it's confidence. It is 100% confidence and that's what I'm saying these fixtures coming up don't allow him to build that confidence and that's and then that takes him into what the 26th I can't remember who he played on on Boxing Day but that's almost January. Mm. And then where where did the goals come from then? And then we start playing Chelsea again and then we start playing uh City again and then we have to play Liverpool again and it's sort of like do you know what's mad? Yeah, I heard the commentator say he's actually on 18 goals this season. 
in all yeah, competitions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got one goal in the Premier League. Yeah. Uh, one goal in the Premier League, but 18 goals. For, for me, it's one. He's he's I don't <laughs> acknowledge any of those other ones. He's, so. he's blanked for me three weeks in a row. For yeah, 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 yeah. This is a problem. Yeah. Big e- problem. Even longer for me, I think. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. That's more goals than Salah. It, uh, up until about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. or a week ago, that was more goals than Salah had in the season. But we played yeah. against the Farmers. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like The fact that he's completely stat-padded this season is borderline... It's criminal. It's, it's, it's illegal. <laughs> no, him, him, yeah, yeah. Him and Southgate, they're, they're like war they criminals. they got a lot to answer. They're about. war criminals, bro. They're <laughs> absolute war criminals. Do you know what? They're, they're, they're stat-padded this season. They're like accountants that just... Know it's Hollywood accounting. Yeah, it is. Him scoring in, in scoring ten goals for England or whatever. Hollywood accounting. It's, it's, it's so frustrating that when you go on his Wikipedia when when he retires, oh. it's gonna be like this season. It's gonna be like forty goals. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna be like what? Like because yeah, he's got the World Cup as well, like as well next year. Yeah. So so they don't. They, I think they do it year by year. And we, I don't even know. It's just, it, whatever it is. He's going to score a ridiculous amount of goals this year. He's still got more internationals to come in fucking January, February, yeah. and March, or where, when, whenever they play internationals, he's scoring 10 goals <laughs> against, against, against <laughs> some geezer who's, who's literally just learned how to put a pair of goalkeeper gloves on. Yeah. He doesn't know how to do up Velcro on his gloves. Like, this guy scores like six penalties a game. Yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> He's got some mad, mad loopholes to, to his... Yeah, to his... It's, it's, it's primarily tax evasion. It's illegal. No, I'm telling you, it's primarily tax evasion. And, and also, it, his value is just like, for me, personally, his value is plummeted. Yeah, well, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's well, you'd be laughed million. at. The, you'd be laughed at the door if you tried to. Yeah, 120, 125 rejected. Are you yeah. crazy? Yeah, I don't even think he's worth one hundred million now. Oh, it's worth about thirty. No, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd say Delhi's right thirty. Well, we, we actually have a, we have a question about Delhi now. Um, from Tommy Evans, it's opinions on Delhi's red, white, red and white beads for his dreads. I, I we're did, getting into details yeah. now with the beads. I, I did see, I did see this on on a on a Facebook uh, post uh, of Delhi Ali and and uh, sports, the, the, sports yeah, yeah there, there was some un, unknown um, unknown uh, Facebook uh, account with a, a flag as their as their <laughs> oh, VP. He supports Arsenal now apparently because <laughs> <laughs> he's got red and white white beads in his hair. Oh, you wouldn't be caught dead wearing uh, dead wearing red. Apparently, uh, if you're a Spurs player, you can't wear. Yeah, red I'm red not gonna red. lie, I don't like Spurs players wearing red boots. I think Hoiberg does it quite a lot. Red, <laughs> red boots. Yeah, you shouldn't wear red as a Spurs. Player. You shouldn't wear red boots in general. Yeah, it's not. It's not a bad color for a boot. Who are you, Sir Alex Ferguson? Black and white boots only. I I I condone a a, a grey. A, <laughs> a gunmetal grey, yeah, I, I don't mind that. But um, but oh, yellow, get out of here. <laughs> but uh, well, da- Danny Rose red hair. I mean, I, d- I didn't like that. Oof. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't not really fast. Care. Danny needs to play football. If yeah. he can play football, he can have he can have his hair looking like two dangly testicles. And I wouldn't care. <laughs> he can, if he plays football, if he plays football, which he seems to have forgotten how to. He plays football. He can do whatever he wants with his hair. Anything. Sanchez had that stu- like the worst mohawk I've ever seen. <laughs> but he actually played well that season mm. when he was when he was alongside um, Odvaro de Vertonghen. So whatever. 
but he's he's playing bad and also he's bringing attention to him. He, yeah. he, he he's bringing attention to himself on yeah. on the socials through his uh through through his uh, appearance and like it's fine like you can do whatever you want but like it's gonna look bad when you're not playing well. It's the whole thing with Pogba. Like yeah. the the whole the whole witch hunt was that Pogba was getting a haircut a week. <laughs> And, and, and and dropping one out. It's of so funny that he got a witch hunt for getting a haircut. And like yeah. I know it looked really stupid, but like as in like just posing with in the barber's chair and whatever. <laughs> I'm not saying his hair looked stupid, but I just mean like at the end of the day, he's getting a haircut. Like it's yeah. so ridiculous. I think it's the same with Ali as well. But it does. It just goes back to the thing. Fans want to see the players putting in maximum effort. They don't want to see you like being all happy on social media when you're when you're dropping one out of tens. I'm not I'm not saying that the witch hunt for Pogba and, and Delhi and players of, of that ilk are are is right or or or, or the, the the pundit the way the pundits rip them is right. I don't think that's right. But they just want to see players putting in maximum effort when they're not playing well. And when they are playing well there's never going to yeah. be these things said about them, and they, people actually like it when yeah. you're playing well. That's exactly. the thing. It's it's just it's just ways to bring attention to themselves when they are playing well. That nobody cares. Yeah. Ways to bring attention to yourself when you're not playing well. Everyone's going to get on your back. I also I don't, I don't understand. I don't I don't agree with it at all. Yeah, this is the problem. I don't though. agree with it at because all. Because like players like James Madison. And then, man, they were dropping stinkers. Exactly. And and they were on the socials doing the madness. I still don't like that. I, and, I don't, and, and, and the same as Cantwell. And I don't know why players like Pogba... Well, I do know why players like Pogba and yeah, exactly, are, yeah. are getting witch-hunted for, for doing the same... Like, for, for, for the same things that other people don't. But, like, aside from that angle, he still needs to be playing, like... He, he has to put in good performances. And then people won't care. He has to look mm. bothered on the pitch. Against, against Mori, he didn't even look bothered. Like he didn't care. He was giving away the ball. When when Ali's at his best, he's running his heart out. He's he's being a bastard. Uh, yeah, being, well. being a can I say no? I'm not. He, <laughs> yeah. yeah, being a bastard is a, is a nice is a nice way to say it. I think he and he when he was at his best, he, his pass completion was at, at like eighty percent. His pass completion against Mora was below fifty percent. It was like I think it was like forty three percent. How can you be giving the ball away more than you're passing it to a Spurs shirt? Yeah, we we were saying off air, and it's something um, that uh, Tetranka said on uh, on Rule of Roost as well. It's like it's got to the point where I actually find it really sad. Yeah. It... When I see Delhi, because we we were discussing it off air, and we were saying normally when a player is amazing when they're young and then they fall off, it's because of like a bad injury. But with Delhi, I know he's had some injuries, but. He hasn't had like an ACL or like a yeah, like snap hamstring or like it's just so it must be so frustrating for him to know that he has that talent in him and not be able to do it anymore. It's just the performances have just fallen off. Like the, the, yeah. the, he has had injury spells, but it was just a complete fall off of performances. It, you saw the, the the decline in the performances it's happening in real time. Happening. Week by week, rather than it would just him being maybe coming back from an injury and, and never sort of recovering the form that you had, you saw the performances just drop off a cliff. Like it, it was, was happening when Poch was at the club. Yeah, exactly. And that's a long time ago. But I, I think Poch has uh, has stuff to answer for yeah, with that because I, agree. I don't know why <laughs> Deli Ali was playing centre mid in as many games as he did under Poch because 
I mean, we could have told you then that like he can't pass. That's yeah. just not yeah. within his game. He needs to be near to the goal. And I don't understand why there was an experiment by Poch and fans bought, bought into it. At the end of the day, fans don't really have any control over this. But I remember fans being like, yeah, maybe he can like add more strings to his bow yeah, and box to box bring him back. And box Why change it? Why change it? The guy was scoring like 25 goals <laughs> in the league <laughs> a, a season. Like, why, why would you do that? And it's like, it's almost like something which Tottenham fans actually have a predisposition a a towards because a a they used to say it about Kane as well. Remember, oh, we, they used I've to be like, like 10. oh, if we buy Vincent Janssen, why don't we put him up front and then Kane in behind? And Klopp, to be fair, he dealt with this so well. And maybe it's an English thing because he said, why are you going to put the best right back in the world at centre mid for England? Like, God. why Why do yeah. they want to like try and change these players to make them more rounded? Why not lean into the the things that make them unique. I don't understand it's, it's, it. It's because in English fans want to look clever. They want yeah. they they don't they don't want to play their their players in their best roles and just get the best out of them and and hone their skills in that one position. They want to look clever. They want they want to look. Oh, this is complete experiment. Oh, it worked. Like playing Trent Alexander Arnold in midfield. Why would you do that? Playing Carl Walker at centre centre back. Why would you do that? Like it's English fans and English managers want to look clever. Like they want to do something that nobody else has seen. You're not going to see Lam like you know when Lam made that that switch to defensive midfielder. Lam quote by Pep, most intelligent player that he's ever managed. Yeah, that's not every player. Lam is a once in a lifetime kind of player where he could make that change. Like I still think that Kimmich is so much better at midfield than he is at right back. He's not a right back. Yeah. When he played him there at right back, you just saw flashbacks of this happening again. And that was that was outside of England. I just think that players they should play in their best position exactly. and then they'll excel in their best position. Hmm. Why why do we why do why do every week we we not see the same formations played by teams who are struggling? They're always they're always switching up. They're, they're struggling because there's no consistency in the team. And I see Spurs at the moment as a team who are very consistent in the lineup. We very rarely change we very rarely change the first eleven in the Premier League under Conte, apart from injuries, um, COVID, etc. I think we've excelled because of the consistency. We've got four what was it four games under Conte, three mm. wins and a draw. The draw being against Everton, where he had, yeah, where, where where we didn't concede, and we saw almost sort of flat like flash forwards to the games that we've seen, but we just didn't have the training or like the time with Conte. Now he's had the consistency and the time with the players. We're starting to see a, a base built upon, and I really think that next season, I'm I'm just getting more and more gas for next year. If we have a if we have a, a preseason under Conte, because he could really build on this base that he's starting to build this year, we've we've got the best record in the league at home this this season under both managers combined. We have the best record in the Premier League. But he than, wants to change it. Yeah. He wants to make sure that our home ground is a fortress. It's a fortress. City don't have a City have a game in hand on us, <laughs> and Chelsea have a game in hand on us at home, and then the only two teams at home that can catch up with us. That's crazy to me. That's yeah, absolutely crazy. One thing I was gonna I was gonna add 
is that I think, do you remember when Conte first came in 2016, 17 mm-hmm. um, to Chelsea and loads of teams started playing three at the back, mm-hmm. including us. Mm-hmm. I know Chelsea have done it already, but I think three at the back is, is like going to come back in like a big way. Um, like, like a mini race renaissance or like a, like a big one. I don't think uh, the big teams are going to go three at the back. <coughs> yeah, to be fair, Chelsea already do, but I, like, I mean like, um, like those kind of yeah. mid to lower teams because mm-hmm. they started trying to match up with it. And also, I was I saw a clip uh, of Inter of Inter where Inzaghi is basically um, built on what Conte left behind, mm-hmm. and it gave me such hope for what will eventually happen after Conte because he's almost taken the basics of Conte and then like maybe even like improved upon it. Like well, they're still doing really they're well. They're doing really yeah. well. They destroyed Jose's Roma the other day. And um, I also was at a pub like the other week and their game was on in the background and the patterns that yeah, they were able to crazy. play in from the three at the back. It's just so nice. And the fact that that's going to come to Spurs. Especially after losing players like Hakimi and, and Lukaku, who yeah. were essential to their title winning team. Yeah. So I think it's very interesting. That's actually a very good point. Um, I think it's the first time that we've seen uh, Conte, uh, uh, sorry, a post-Conte team thrive. And it, mm. and it almost makes me a bit, as you said, like looking forward to the future. That's actually really good because it's almost like Conte's evolved his teams to be able to withstand when he's left. Like he, it, he, he's yeah. become more consistent in the fact that he's not just like completely like destroying the team and ripping it up like Jose does. Well, he still, yeah. still buys really old players, which is, <coughs> the, which is the thing. Like players like Ashley, Ashley Young, Perisic, like... They've got like they're like perishable. They're not. Then they're not like the end date is like yeah. in two years, and so I don't want that to happen to Spurs. Like instant success should not be favoured over like a long term plan, even if we have Conte. But the thing is, is like I feel like we're a bit biased because we see what happened at Chelsea, where it all fell apart, and we're also biased by the fact that it happened under Mourinho before as well. So yeah, you could say it's the club that. Um, creates the conditions for that to happen because with Juventus he won all those titles um in a row and then Allegri just continued with it so he doesn't always leave a steaming mess and hopefully you won't hear but um yeah I think that's that's pretty much it for this week uh thank you for listening um if you've made it this far drop a review on iTunes helps us go up on algorithms algorithms and uh, algorithms <laughs> and um, <laughs> drop us a follow on the socials at N17 pod um, yeah thanks for joining me boys we out cheers, cheers.